Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap all of the games from this past holiday weekend. I'll hold myself accountable as we do a little bet busting. Then I'll preview the upcoming Thursday night game and wrap up with my best bets. All coming up on this week's episode of the full recap and Thursday night preview. This weekend was supposed to help clear up some of the foggier situations in the playoff picture. Instead, some things got a little murkier. Let's discuss it all as we kick things off by taking a look at our watchable games list. First up, we had the Lions clinching the division for the first time in 30 years with the 30-24 victory over the Vikings. Nick Mullins and this Vikings offense hung around and made things interesting. He threw for over 400 yards and two touchdown passes, but he also had four really bad interceptions. Both TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison left this game early, but it didn't matter much because Justin Jefferson was all the way back and ended his day with 141 yards and a score. While their passing attack was finding occasional success, their rushing attack was abysmal at best and forced this team into being one-dimensional, which, no doubt, led to all the mistakes made by Mullins. This Lions rushing attack was firing on all cylinders, however. Jameer Gibbs scored twice and Montgomery once, and together they rushed for over 125 yards. Through the air, it was St. Brown's turn to shine, as he went for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Detroit's offense isn't as flashy as it was at the beginning of the season, but being able to come away with these dirty wins teaches an important lesson right before the playoffs, so I can come away from this game feeling a little more confident in them moving forward. The Vikings, on the other hand, have likely ended their hopes at the postseason, but have done a lot of good things this year, especially on defense, and have some good solid pieces to build around this offseason. Moving on, we had the Browns' 36-22 beatdown over the Texans. Amari Cooper had an absolutely amazing performance as he now holds the franchise record for receiving yards with 265, beating out the now-ousted Josh Gordon by 6 yards. He also found the end zone twice and was obviously a major part of this victory. While Joe Flacco and Cooper were very successful through the air, their ground game continues to be a bit of a concern. They only managed close to 50 yards on almost 30 carries as a team. If they want to make a serious push in the postseason, they'll undoubtedly need to address this. As for the Texans, their playoff dreams are still alive due to the outcome of the next game we'll talk about. CJ Stroud should return from concussion protocol soon, and they have a real shot at taking their division still. Up next, we have the aforementioned Jaguars 12-30 loss to the Buccaneers. This Jaguars team is simply not the same team they were at the beginning of the year. And, like I said a few weeks ago, this team is in real danger of handing the division over to the Texans. Their rushing attack is horrible. ETN hasn't been able to get much going for a few games now. And, this game, Lawrence led with a measly 29 yards on four scrambles. Maybe more concerning is the health of their star quarterback, who once again had to leave this game early due to injury. With so many questions surrounding this team, I truly believe the Texans will replace them in the playoff seeding. For the Bucks, I've said it all season, Baker on this team is almost a perfect match. He really gels well with Rashad White and Mike Evans, and all three are having career type of years, and this game was no different. Baker played a clean game, White scored once, and Evans scored twice. This offense is going to be tough to face in the postseason. 
I really like this team's odds moving forward. Up next, we had the best game of the week in my opinion, as the Dolphins eked out a victory against the Cowboys 22-20. The Dolphins played really well on offense and seemed to control the ball most of the game, but they stalled in the red zone frequently, resulting in a busy day for Jason Sanders, who scored the game-winning field goal with less than two minutes remaining on the clock. Tua played another clean game and threw for almost 300 yards, 99 of which went to Tyree Kill, who led the day in the receiver room. The ground game was fairly effective as they went for over 100 yards rushing as a unit. However, the red zone woes are a bit of a concern moving forward. For Dallas, they looked sort of confused on both sides of the ball. They lost Tyron Smith in this game and, as a result, Bradley Chubb had another good day. Dak Prescott was under a decent amount of pressure all game and was sacked four times total. He was able to connect with C.D. Lamb, who had another big game, for 118 yards and a score. On the ground, they weren't able to get much going outside of a few Dak scrambles. This, coupled with their defensive play as of late, is definitely a concern heading into the postseason. Lastly, on our watchable games list, we had a rather disappointing game with the Ravens 33-19 stomping over the 49ers. In very atypical fashion for the Niners, their offense fell flat. They threw a total of five interceptions, four from Purdy and the remaining from Sam Darnold on a mercy benching. This Ravens defense was suffocating. Overall, Lamar Jackson strengthened his bid for MVP, as the Ravens just became the new Super Bowl favorites. Moving on, let's check on the results of the games from our speed round. First game up, we had the Steelers, who stole the Bengals' playoff chances with a pretty dominant performance, especially on offense, 34-11. Mason Rudolph got the start, and he and Pickens were able to connect for almost 200 yards and all two of the passing touchdowns on the day. Their rushing attack was also effective as they rushed for over 100 yards as a team and also scored twice. I think the Tomlin whispers really fired this team up. They played a different level of intensity and it showed up on the scoreboard. Both of these teams are likely out of the playoff race now and joined the packed 8-7 logjam in the AFC. Next up, we had the Bills trying to ruin their own playoff chances with a nail-biter 24-22 over the Chargers. This was a solid back-and-forth game all the way through. Allen played well, throwing for one score, but also rushing for two. He hit Gabe Davis for a huge 60-yard play. Davis also had a big day and ended with 130 yards and a score. James Cook was brought back down to earth a bit, but still managed to find 70 yards on the ground. The Chargers offense did a decent job of answering the Bills' scores with scores of their own, but not in the form you think. They sniped them with a ton of field goals from Dicker the kicker, who outside of one touchdown, scored all of the other points, and almost stole the win. The Bills strengthened their playoff odds, and the Chargers strengthened their vacation plans. Up next, we had the most ridiculous game of the weekend. The Jets eke out a victory 30-28 over the visiting Commanders. The Jets were stomping the Commanders at halftime, 27-7 until they bench Sam Howell for Jacoby Brissett, who proceeds to light a fire in this team and scores three straight unanswered touchdowns to actually take the lead 28-27 late in the game. Greg the Leg would later ice the game and ease the embarrassment with a 54-yard field goal with 10 seconds remaining. One of the more wild games on the slate for sure. 
Moving on, we had the Packers' 33-30 victory over the Panthers. This was the best game Bryce Young has played so far. He led a late rally that would knock this game up at 30, but ultimately his defense let him down as the Packers marched right down the field and put up the go-ahead field goal with under a minute left. Green Bay somehow remains relevant late in the season, and Young finally showed some progress. A win for both teams, I suppose. Next up, we have the Seahawks' 20-17 victory over the Titans. This was a back-and-forth match for the entire game. King Henry returned to his throne with two touchdowns, but not so fast. Gino was back in this game as well, and threw for two scores of his own. One to DK, and the other, a dime to Colby Parkinson, to take the lead with only a minute left on the clock. The Seahawks also remain relevant, and the Titans improve their draft order on a lost season. Up next, we had the Falcons' 29-10 beatdown over the Colts at home. Arthur Smith lost his mustache and found his offense. Bijan Robinson went for over 100 all-purpose yards, and the defense sacked Minshew six times. They were dominant on both sides of the ball. Heineke should remain the starter from here on out. Moving on, we had the Bears' 27-16 victory over the Cardinals. Chicago ran all over this Arizona defense and the team as a whole had close to 250 yards on almost 40 carries and two scores. Kyler Murray and James Conner remain fun to watch for the Cardinals, but this defense can surely benefit from a makeover this offseason. Next up, we had my Broncos coming up just short on Christmas Eve, 26-23 against the Patriots. New England dominated this low-scoring game until Russell Wilson activated his fourth-quarter mode and led a comeback that knotted everything up at 23 with three minutes left. The Denver defense allowed Bailey Zappi and the Patriots offense to march right down the field and kick the go-ahead field goal with only seven seconds left. A heartbreaker for sure for us Denver fans. I don't mind missing the playoffs, and I'm fairly happy with the progress they've made this season, but missing the postseason due to the Patriots just feels gross. Up next, we had the Raiders' surprising victory over the Chiefs, 20-14. I said in my preview that Vegas has been a thorn in the side of Kansas City recently, and that's exactly what happened here. Drops amongst the pass catchers were a problem here again, just like in the past few weeks. But this time around, Patrick Mahomes was actually a part of the problem in this game. Malcolm Kuntz and Max Crosby were in Mahomes' face all day, leading to a fair amount of mistakes and actual sacks. That's probably what stood out the most to me in this game, the fact that Mahomes was not dealing with pressure like he typically would. This team is really starting to look like a quick out come playoff time. Lastly, we had the Eagles hanging on to a 33-25 victory over the Tyrod Taylor-led Giants. Philly gets the victory and likely falls into an NFC East title with the fairly soft couple of remaining games on their schedule. But their team still looks a bit off, much like the Chiefs, I don't like their chances coming up in the postseason. And with that said, that'll wrap up my speed round and the recap for the games this weekend. Moving on, I'll hold myself accountable and do a little bet busting for my best bets in the preview. For my straight five bets, I went one for four as the Hunter Henry ticket was voided and the Nico Collins ticket hit when he scored. The rest failed me. Moving on to my parlay bets, I decided to go with two four-leg parlays. I went 2 for 4 on the first one, and 3 for 4 on the second one, but ultimately, I failed both. 
I had a pretty bad week and only nailed the Nico Collins pick from the straight bets, but he had really good odds and I almost broke even as a result. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here and I will discuss the Thursday night preview when I return. Welcome back. For this Thursday night matchup, we have the Jets at the Browns. Zach Wilson will be out for this game and Trevor Simeon is likely to get the start. An indecisive quarterback playing behind a bad offensive line against a beast of a pass rush in Miles Garrett and the guys could result in an absolute disaster of a game for the Jets. However, if their defense is able to keep this game close, they might be able to rely on Brees Hall in the ground game. That if is doing a lot of work though since Joe Flacco seems to be on a tear lately. Amari Cooper and David Njoku have been beneficiaries of Flacco's resurgence, but the running game has struggled and this may be a great opportunity to get that back on track. The Jets' defense is dangerous in the passing game, but have struggled a bit on the ground. This leaves the door wide open for Ford and Hunt to get more of a workload and hopefully work out some of those issues before heading into the playoffs. Overall, I think the Jets might keep this one entertaining with some ridiculous plays on defense, but their offense won't be able to outpace the Browns. Cleveland takes this win at home. Moving on to my best bets for the game. My straight five bets are the following. First, I have Kareem Hunt to score. Second, I have Brees Hall to score. Next, I have Jerome Ford to score. Then I have Amari Cooper to score. And lastly, I have David Njoku to score. For my parlay bet, I've decided to go with just one three-leg parlay. For the first leg, I have Joe Flacco over 250 yards passing. The second leg, I have David Njoku over 60 yards receiving. And lastly, the third leg is Amari Cooper over 60 yards receiving. And that'll do it for today's episode. I will return as usual for the recap and full preview on Friday. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time.